0: Today on the Southern California Real Estate Report, rent control takes center stage. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, good morning. Welcome to Southern California Real Estate Report. This is Bob McGuire and Daniel Wise coming to you from San Diego, California. So back in the news, and after a little bit of a break, we, we took a break uh, last week. And so for all of our listeners out there, thanks for hanging with us over kind of a much-needed break. Once again, rent control is now front and center, and it looks like it's going to be on the City Council's docket next week. For those of you that have been following this, San Diego at one point was considered kind of um, one of the more lax counties relative to AB 1482, but there's two schools of thought here, and what is being proposed is much stricter guidelines for landlords to have a eviction that falls into the just cause category. So for non-payment of rent for lease violations, a landlord may still evict as it's written through the laws of um, of the the current eviction law for for the state and for San Diego. So this is more related to value add apartment purchases where uh, people are strategically going out and buying buildings and displacing tenants you now would have to the way that it's being proposed is you would now have to have a much more stringent, um, buyout of the tenants. And you would also, um, have to have certain things happen that would, you know, prove to the tenant that you're required to do construction. So the way that this has been done in the past is that, let's say, you know, uh, Somebody goes out and buys an apartment building, they can give the notice to the tenant, be it 30 or 60 days. The way that the Just Cause laws are written now, you would provide a month of relocation. The new law, you have to provide up to two months. And if you're a senior citizen or disabled, it's three. On top of that, you have to prove to the tenant that you have pulled permits. And basically under perjury, you have to show them the permit and provide to them you know why they need to be displaced in order to get said construction done so it's a much stricter rule it is a much more stringent rule than say even parts of Los Angeles and you know the different parts of the state that were considered kind of the front runners on rent control so this is something that you know I I have mixed emotions about I think that on one side um I understand kind of where people are coming from, and you know, if you've lived in a unit, one of the examples they used is you know a guy that is a biologist at the Salk Institute is living in La Jolla downtown, paying under fifteen hundred a month for a one bedroom unit that's you know a block from the beach it's by bishop school and and something else. I think the city owns it on the other side or something like that and you know so so that's you know that's. The, the person that owns that obviously has a very low basis. She's been happy with him paying rent. he's been there for 10 years. He's right that would be targeted as something that you know would be you know due for a potential rent increase but at the same time you know the school could buy that and displace him too. So I, I see that there needs to be more affordable housing bills. look we see rent rolls all the time that we we know are below market rents. We also understand that, you know, in some cases, we have very little control over our expenses on repairs and maintenance right now. And those costs have gone up as well. There's going to be these battles now, right? So, so what's happening is it's, it's pretty clear that the city is, you know, the, so they, and they always use these types of statements. Like housing advocates say, and it's like, well, who are the housing advocates? Who are these people that are claiming that the homeless crisis? is caused by this.
0: You know, the, these these laws that they're proposing are a lot stricter than the laws that are currently a in place. A lot stricter.
1: And here's the thing. It's going to create these battles between landlords and tenants to get repairs and maintenance done. And now you're going to have to go pull permits to put flooring in, and you're going to have to go through this process of it's just going to delay things and create more habitability issues. And at the end of the day, the only people that really win in these things are lawyers, and, and it becomes, you know, this 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 really contentious thing with landlords and tenants all the time, because you know some of the buildings here are older, and you know we're not. I have been involved in very few conversations where a landlord is, you know, quote unquote, like targeting. Tenants to throw them out. I think in most cases, people go in, they raise rents. If people are doing it, at least what I've seen, what I've been a part of, they're being bought out at or above what was being offered anyhow. In well, a lot of cases. But
0: I, I think that's an interesting point, though, right? Because the, the reality is, is that multifamily is a very hot commodity in the real estate market. If you try to buy multifamily right now, the cap rates on it are are virtually non-existent. So there's, it, and that's going to change, assuming that these laws put, are put in, being put in place, right? Because it, it has to essentially, right? We cannot have we cannot have big gains or, or any gains on multifamily for people that buy it. But that doesn't mean that things aren't going to be listed for sale, right? So people still need to sell real estate, and when you sell real estate, your tax basis goes up. So that's and that's a big contributing factor to most
1: rent increases,
0: Most rent increases. You know, and we we see right. this even on the commercial side quite a bit, where a building sells and it's a triple net lease,
1: right? And the
0: tax basis goes up, you know, significantly. Yeah. And the tenants are oftentimes shocked by the amount of taxes they're required to pay. On, um, on on their new lease and it's a it's a big um, it's a big factor there as well and you know when buildings sell when the basis when your your tax basis goes up or, or when you know big repairs do happen the, those are those are contributing factors to um, to the cost of ownership of these buildings
1: yeah I mean I, I think you're right about that I I think that uh... I think that this is something that what I what I don't like to see is like heavy-handed restriction, right? Because it you know you have a husband that's in construction. Our office does a ton of construction. Where there's a whole industry around this, and when you start putting all of this bureaucratic red tape into everything, it just creates a lot of problems. And so what what I what I worry about when we see big sweeping reform-type laws like this is that you're going to see kind of a deterioration in housing stock because you're not going to, you're going to, you're going to say, I don't want to do that, <laughs> you know, and people are just going to flat out say no to, yeah. to making repairs and doing maintenance and doing things that should be done. And, you know, the, the market. So I, I wish that California and the city of San Diego could find the, the right balance between approving, projects that provide more housing at a faster rate using some of the city's surplus land to build affordable housing, which they've been talking about, but nobody seems to do it because they have to spend, you know, they have to do it for a million, three, a unit or something stupid. And, you know, it doesn't pencil. And so it's hard to do. I mean, we're currently, I'm not going to name names or give addresses, but we have someone that's grossly overpaying for affordable housing right now, that's part of our portfolio and you know and, and yeah, it's just i mean it's just it's, that's another really, thing, right? it's really bad business you know and that's so that's another thing
0: our city is paying a lot of money to a lot of money that that i like think they're overpaying for housing right now
1: and it just because nobody really understands it they've overpaid for office i mean any kind of executed real estate deal that they do they do poorly and so then they go back to this and i understand you know that some people, you know, they, it's it's a sad thing when somebody comes in and, you know, goes in and throws people out and, you know, they have to go find another place to live um, so that they can go and, you know, make a building nicer and get higher rents. I, I get that. And that's just supply and demand. But we've got to find a more permanent problem restricting existing housing. For
0: a permanent solution to yeah, this problem. Yeah, because
1: restricting existing housing does not create new units. And that's what we need. So what we're doing is we're taking the existing stock and now we're going to do it a different way, but still have the same housing stock and the still have the same demand for people wanting to move into that. So I think it's you know interesting to say, well now people won't be able to move, but then the question is, well what happens then to that existing stock? How how will that how will that hold up to the test of time? What improvements are People going to do, and now you're going to be lucky, honestly, as this goes out to get paint and carpet, you know, <laughs> if you're yeah. lucky, because you're going to do anything that you can to not have to go through the permit process and wade through the city of, a, of another layer. It takes a doing long time. Things, and it takes a long time. It takes a long time. And so on one side, you know. You have these ridiculous evictions that now take 90 days in California. Guys at the city don't understand is what matters the most is having movement in the market. You move from a studio to one bedrooms, one bedroom people, uh, Danielle and Jake meet each other and they get married and then they move to a two bedroom because they want to have friends over. And then the two bedroom ends up, you go into a house and stuff like that. So having this movement, it all matters. And when you have restricted housing stock and you can't build and you can't create enough supply then you have these demand crises that we're in and that's really part of the problem here and we've got to find better ways to create more units not restrict the existing units but build more units and take a more affordable approach and I don't know if that means going out and engineering new jet, new debt through the government and Wall Street and the state or finding ways to put the right people in but those are the conversations that need to be had and it seems to me like all these different restrictions, look, we'll continue to do what we do. We'll, we'll happily, you know, discuss with tenants. If we have buildings that we strategically need to do this, we'll do it. We have, I'm I'm a general contractor. I can go out and get permits and go through that process. It's not pleasant. But if we have to do that, we're going to do that. And at the end of the day, I mean, a, a, you know, I, I just wish that there was a better, Approach to creating more supply. The city says, "Well, we're going to create more supply, but there's no hard plans in order that we've seen that are like here are the guarantee here's here's the here's the amount of housing that we're doing on an annual basis. Why doesn't someone come out with that number? Yeah, I you agree. know. So this will be interesting. This is going to be more restrictive. I. So I read part of it that the San Diego um, apartment association or the rental housing association is kind of involved in this. So we'll see how this bill evolves. It's going to be voted on next week. It's going to be a city council measure. I would say with a hundred percent certainty it will pass um, and we'll see where this takes us. It's definitely going to create another layer for landlords um, to have to navigate and, um, You know, obviously, we're here to support if anyone has questions or needs anything. We have amazing support in the form of lawyers, contractors, all sorts of people that we work with on a daily basis um, to kind of help explain this. And we'll continue to see. It did not say when this would retroactively go into effect. So I'm sure there will be some period like, you know, out in the future here where it will happen. My guess is probably sometime in September. I'm sure it will be within this year, but we'll see what gets negotiated. So when the final thing gets passed, we'll let you know. Um, Thanks for listening today. This is Southern California Real Estate Report.